Are you excited about the future? Are you looking forward to it? Do you think that the future holds many great, massive, massive opportunities? Or do you think that the future is only going to offer calamity, destruction, and misery? another episode of the Matthew Spazzini program where we talk about financial freedom and economics. If you guys are joining me here for the very first time today, I'd like to ask you guys to do a couple of things uh, just real quick. First and foremost, I want, if you guys like the show, you, you're coming back here each and every week, which by the way, if you are awesome, that's amazing. That's exactly what you need to do because if you guys want to know what's going to happen in the future, you need to come and listen to the show today. I, I consider myself to have a pretty good pulse on the economy and the way things are going. I got a lot of different resources that I'm reading and I think, and also I got a lot of really cool insights. Yeah, maybe I'm biased. I mean, okay. Okay, fine. I'm totally biased, completely biased. But then again, I don't really believe that there's anyone out there who isn't biased. I don't believe that there's nonpartisan or non-biased opinion. Everyone's biased. Whether they're writing an article and they claim that they're unbiased, not not true. Everyone's biased. But anyways, that being said, look, I think I think this show is pretty good, right? I wouldn't be doing it if I thought if if it was garbage or anything of the sort. So I think it's pretty good. If you guys are are agreeing with me and you like the show, then do do two things for me. First and foremost, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. Guys, this helps to get this show on the map and this message of financial freedom, living the liberty lifestyle, all the stuff that we talk about here. It gets those ideas out there easier and it, and it ultimately helps us to get onto rankings. And once we st- start to get onto rankings, we start to be a lot more visible to a lot more people and we can get to spread this message. So if you guys like it, and you're getting a lot of value out of it, then first and foremost, go leave a rating and review on iTunes. The second thing, okay? The second thing is share the show. Make sure that no matter where you are, either go share it with someone you personally know or share it with people online. You know, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, make sure to share the show or if you want to, share the show with maybe uh, three friends. You know, two people, you're not really sure if they're going to like it and one person who's going to love it. I mean, odds are, again, I say this all the time, but odds are if you like it, you know people in your life who are also going to like it as well. So if you guys love the show, then please consider sharing it. It really helps us out here. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into the article today. So it kind of the, the intro of the show, I, I've been doing a lot of, uh, I've been doing this intro a little different. I, I actually will kind of uh, say something that has to the effect that kind of more or less helps you to get into my head a little bit, you know, it allows you to, to, see what I'm thinking before the show even really starts, before the, the intro music even plays. And I don't know, it's, it's, I, I, th- I thought it was kind of fun to do and uh, kind of interesting. So anyways, with that stated, I want to talk about what the future of Western civilization is going to look like. You know, there's a lot of people out there giving their opinions on this. I, I figured, hey, why not? I'm going to weigh in. You know, everyone else is. Why the heck not? Uh, but more importantly than that, I, I think that there are a lot of things that are coming down the road. And I think that a lot of industries are going to be disrupted as a result of it. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it's it's stuff that we need to be talking about and need to be aware of. And then for the second half of the show, I want to talk about the stock market and the truth about the stock market, right? You know, a lot of people, they invest and they don't really know what they're doing and all this kind of stuff in the stock market. I want to talk a lot more about that, what the stock market really truly is and how you can game the system and how you can ultimately learn how to take advantage of what's really going on in the markets. So first and foremost, what the future of, of Western civilization looks like. So, you know, I think that the future is going to come with a lot of benefits, right? Many, many, many different benefits. I think there's a lot of opportunities that are out there, first and foremost. But it's also going to come with a lot of drawbacks as well. You know, and, and this is, I think pretty normal for for society in general typically what you tend to see is you see you you tend to see a lot of opportunities that also come with a lot of drawbacks because the drawbacks usually are well yeah we came up with oh i don't know the cotton gin right i mean eli whitney came up with the cotton gin what did the cotton gin did it came up with a lot of uh, you know came with a lot of opportunities but a lot of drawbacks the drawback was that you didn't need a lot of people you needed less human labor to allow you to ultimately separate cotton from the the stock from from the plant that it grew on right so you didn't need a lot of that you didn't need as many people doing that anymore so what this does is it puts a lot of people out of work however so that was some of the drawbacks it what it also did but the benefits is that you know and the opportunity was that it allowed people to lower the cost of cotton production which was is you was used and still is used today in making clothing it allowed them to hire more people in different areas to help out with different parts of that you know production cycle that production process and then they even could hire even more people because as you decrease the cost, you increase the demand for it. the more demand came in because the, it, it became less prohibitive for people to spend money on it. So in point of fact, while a lot of people did lose their jobs at the start of it, you know, as the technology progressed and as the price of cotton lowered and therefore the products that the cotton created lowered. What eventually happened was that you had a lot more demand that ended up flooding in, which allowed for a higher creation of jobs, more jobs, because there's a lot more, a ton of other stuff that has to be done than merely separating cotton from the plant and doing all that kind of stuff, right? So that was a lot of the stuff that happened. So it had pros and it had cons. You know, put some people out of work. Those people had to redistribute them. Those people and their labor had to be redistributed to other areas of the economy. They had to find new skills that they could, uh, you know, use to garner garner a wage and, and ultimately survive and things of that nature. And it was very painful for a lot of people. Let's not let, let's not beat around the bush. It, it really was. But at the exact same time, it saved labor. Decreased cost, increased demand, and over time increased more jobs in that economy than what previously existed before. It also allowed more people to not have to work out in the long, hot sun, you know, weather and all that kind of stuff. So jobs, you could even say that jobs perhaps increased in quality and environment as well. You know, the job environment that you're working in, it increased, it got better. But with that said, so with disruptive technology comes pros and cons, right? We all know this, or we, we, at least we all should know this. With that said, but one of the things I think that Western civilization is going to uh, struggle with for a long time is automation. Automation's coming, and it's going to offer a ton of great benefits, and a lot of people 
to a lot of people. But it's also going to put a massive amount of people out of work as well. And I think that what you'll see is you'll see a lot of people who end up fearing automation. Some of this fear is justified. Some of it is not. And you're going to see a lot of people start lobbying with government and politicians to effectively make regulations that make it harder for companies to automate. See, what you're happening, what you're seeing right now is you're seeing companies being pushed into the automation a lot sooner. I mean, that was automation was coming down the line one way or the other. I don't think that anybody would argue that it's coming. Whether you like to admit it or not, it's coming. However, comma, the, the process of companies automating got pushed up the pipeline. It got accelerated, right? So, you know, due to the increase in cost of labor with regards to, you know, minimum wage, due to a whole host of things that happened, you know, particularly the lockdowns, I mean, for crying out loud, you know, people that you get sick with your machines, you don't have to worry about that so much. There were a lot of things that the, the more expensive it gets to hire people, the more attractive automation starts to look. Let's use it as, as, as an example, okay? There's a particular example I wanted to use. So with regards to solar panels and energy creation for the individual and their, and their households, you know, right now, energy costs are so low and the cost, even with the subsidization of these solar panels and whatnot, it's still too expensive. The return on investment would take a long time to get. It's just not really justified right now. Not to mention solar panels, they don't work very well during cloudy weather. You know, they just, they don't always work. They're not very efficient even when they do work, even when conditions are right. And not to mention, the, a lot of people like to put solar panels on the roof, right? Well, in order to power enough energy for you to live the life that you're living currently with the energy that you're consuming right now, you're going to need a lot more than your roof. You're going to need more like a – if you had a, a, law, a lot of, of land, okay, if you had a lot of land, you would effectively have a, um, a tiny solar farm dedicated just for one house because it's such inefficient technology. It's getting more efficient, okay, it is, and the costs are coming down, absolutely. I'm not arguing those things, but it's still not very practical. Okay, it just it just isn't. Now, maybe one day it will be, but for right now, it's not. And on top of that, you also have to consider insurance. If you live in an area like Texas and you've got like high wind storms that roll through here during storm season, you've got, you know, horrible hail storms that have punctured, you know, holes in roofs. This actually happened to my parents. You know, they're living in Texas. You know, they've been here for a long time. Just as much as I've been here ever since I think I was three years old. I, I was originally from, I was born in New Jersey. And then, you know, we, my family moved down here and we've been here for, I don't know, I think 30 plus years, something crazy, something like that, you know? Anyways, that said, uh, a massive hailstorm came through and the, the size of the hail was inc in just absolutely insane. Like, my, I remember talking to my dad. He's like, I've always heard of this type of stuff happening. I've never actually experienced it myself or seen it, for, or let alone seen it with my own eyes. The hail came down. It knocked parts of the fence over. It, you know, shattered glass, you know, windows in the house. It punctured holes in the ceiling, in, in the roof. It's insanity, right? You're going to have to insure your solar panels against that kind of stuff. Okay, unless you can have some kind of protective barrier that comes covers over it. So anyways, it just increases the cost. But I guess my point is, it's just that it's not very practical right now. It's too expensive. The return on investment, you're never going to get it back more than likely after the maintenance, after all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, there's a lot of services that allow you to rent. Yeah, that's still not really all that beneficial, frankly. Okay? It just it just isn't. You're still not going to, you know, break even or at least it, it, at best you're going to break even or maybe it's slightly better, but it's nothing huge if it's better at all. And in most cases, it's not. In most cases, you're losing money on the whole thing. However, what happens if you look at a different state? So we're looking at Texas in this example. What happens if you look at California? Energy prices in California is significantly higher than it is in Texas. A lot of this is regulation. A lot of this, some of this is inflation. You know, California is the biggest receiver of federal funding. I guarantee you that federal funding is not backed by any kind of money that is already existing in the economy. That federal funding is pretty much backed by money printing. So inflation, right? They're one of the biggest receivers of federal funding, more so than any other state, as far as I'm aware. So, you know, there's all there, but a lot of it's an regulation, right? They regulate the tar out of these companies, making it so expensive for them to operate. Why do you think so many companies are leaving the, the state of California, the People's Republic of California? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of reasons. And that's why it's so freaking expensive. They won't allow for affordable housing. You know, there are some natural things that go on. Yeah, you know, if you want very desirable areas by the beach, well, the, the, that area is limited. But there's a lot of things the free market could do to bring down costs, but the government of California won't let them. Just straight up won't let them. There's been there's been examples of this time and time again where an individual, an architect, he wants to build a home for for you know all the the homeless people that live in California, right? He wants to provide affordable housing. These tiny little homes. There's a guy I I heard about this guy a couple years back, and what he was doing was he was creating these tiny little homes. I guess you could they were this tiny little sheds, right? But they they were on wheels, and then he painted them. They actually looked fairly nice. It gave them an area to sleep. It's actually pretty cool stuff. You know what the government of California said? You're not allowed to do that. Shut them down. That's what happened. The, the government of California came in, found out what he was doing, and they ended up shutting him down. Because what was – and why was why did they do that? Because they want those individuals dependent on all the government programs that California has to offer. All free money, whatever it is they're giving, you know, the, the homeless people, whatever incentives they're giving the homeless people, they want them dependent on the government and they don't want anyone to come in and ruin that. Because if they're dependent, they can be voters, right? They can be uh, just who knows what, what else. They could be big support uh, voices for support. For whatever the politicians want to do because they effectively have given themselves into rather unknowingly slavery to the government. They have no other options. Isn't that the very definition of slavery? Someone controls you. You have a master that tells you what to do. You don't have any other options at all. Not really. So in the end, you know, maybe it's not quite the same as slavery used to be. It's very similar though. Maybe more of a modern version of it. But they, they, they told him no. Someone came in, wanted to make things better. They told him no. Not allowed to. Don't have a permit or whatever. Oh, and by the way, you have to go get a permit, and then we're not going to let you have a permit. I, I don't remember if that was exactly the reason why, but you, you get the idea, right? Pretty freaking insane. Insane. But as a result of these regulations, as a result of all the, the, the garbage that the, the, the California state government does, Energy prices are more expensive, and as energy prices rise, it starts to look a lot more viable 
to start investing in solar panels. So what's my point with all this? My point is that because California has increased the costs of of energy, they've accelerated the process of people using solar panels. And that's exactly what they want. They want you to use solar panels. They, that's exactly what they want, right? They want you to use solar panels. It's more environmentally friendly, or at least that's what they say. It's really not, actually. It's really not more environmentally friendly, and not at all. In, in fact, the process of, of creating these solar panels requires a lot, a lot of work, a lot of mining of, of precious metals and things of that nature. That's not environmental, at least not environmentally friendly, according to the left and the progressives, right? You know, but there, it's really not in, in, the law, in the grand scheme of things. But you see, that's not what they think. But anyways, the regulations have ended up in accelerating the process of that. So, you know, just I was trying to use that as a bit of an example to kind of show you real-world example of the acceleration of moving to automation, right? And, and again, as the government increases the cost of labor, they're going to accelerate the process of, of companies automating. As the government increases the cost of electricity, they'll accelerate the process of coming up with alternative, cheaper ways of producing energy. And this is what's happening right now with automation, right? You know, there's tons of uh, people, people want, you know, $15 minimum wage. Well, you know, it's not going to stop there. How can it? This is the natural course of inflation. As governments continue to inflate the currency, they make things more expensive to live. As they continue to increase the amount of regulations that are out there that make life more expensive in general because it increases the costs of products and services, again, it increases the cost of living. So that the natural cycle is for people to start clamoring and saying, we want to get paid more money, demanding higher and higher and higher wages. And this is where, so of course, the minimum wage is inf, is going to infinitely rise constantly. Now, the question is whether it's going to rise fast or whether it's going to rise slowly, but it's going to rise so long as the government and the Federal Reserve continue with these inflationist policies. So it's, it's natural. Now, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's right, right? It's definitely not right. Inflation is the process that the rich and the, the wealthy, the ruling class, of this country. It is the process of them enriching themselves at the expense of people like you and me. They own lots of nice assets. They have millions and billions of dollars of assets lying around that appreciate with inflation. Not only that, but when the money is printed, who gets it first? The ruling class of America, bankers, big corporations through bond purchases, through stock purchases, right? And company, you know, I know the Federal Reserve does not legally have the ability to buy stock, but they they still do it. They, they, they use a proxy. They use another company that goes out and does it. They still do. It. It's like bond purchases, right? The Federal Reserve doesn't have the legal authority to actually, you know, go off and buy bonds on, on the on the private market, but they do. They, they work through an investment company like BlackRock. BlackRock goes out and does it for them. I think it's BlackRock. Yeah, I, th I think it is. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is how it works. These companies get the money first. They spend it before it has time to inflate. By the time it gets down to you and me, we are poorer than what we were before. 
So as this happens, they're going to continue to ask for higher, people are going to continue to ask for higher wages, which will only price them out of the market. It will reduce jobs and it will increase and accelerate the process of automation. And eventually what this is going to do is it's going to prompt the government to start engaging in universal basic income. You're kind of already seeing it right now, right? You know, everyone's been locked down for a very, very, very long time. And the fact of the matter is that when they're not allowed to work, they needed money. A lot of the poor people, they really needed a ton of money, right? So what happened is the government says, oh, don't worry. We're preventing you from working. We'll give you some money. This just, and even if this goes away, it doesn't matter. The minute it happened, now the people have got a taste for it in their mouth. It's like sharks, okay? Think of, think of it like sharks in the ocean. When blood starts to fill the ocean, you got a bunch of hungry sharks circling. The hungry sharks represent the people. The blood that enters into the ocean in their area, that's all the money that they're being given. The sharks eventually stents the blood and they go into a, a frenzy. They got the taste in their mouth, right? They, they got the, they, they, they smell it, they taste it, whatever. They go into, it, it triggers an instinct with the sharks. And now they, they crave it. They have to have it. They'll shred anything. That isn't probably a shark, or if it was a weakened shark, they probably would go after the weakened shark. But if it wasn't weakened, they'd go after whatever was there. Wherever the blood is coming from, they start to stir in a frenzy. This is it's the same way with this. You know, the minute people started getting money from the government in that way, the taste is in their mouth. For those who don't know that this is a bad thing, and for those who don't recognize it as a modern form of slavery, as slavery by choice, people willingly accepting money from the government constantly on a very consistent basis and are more than happy to be dependent on the government, they are by choice being slaves to the government. And as a result of that, they'll never want to turn away so long as the money or the blood, for example, continues to flow. Now that th there's going to be a lot of people that got that taste in their mouth, they started realizing I can make more money by staying at home and not working that crappy job at the McDonald's down the street or the, you know, whatever fast food joint or re retail store they were working at. I can make more money by sitting at home on unemployment than freaking going and doing a job that I hate, right? And they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They don't recognize how bad it truly is what they're doing. They don't recognize that they're becoming a slave. They don't really, they don't see it that way. So what the government is doing, the fact that the government gave us money for sitting on our rear ends and for doing nothing only means that universal basic income is coming down the line. If anything, they put the taste, they got the taste in your mouth. And now there are going to be many people who crave it more so than they, than they did before. They're not going to view it as shameful. See, in this country, it used to be seen as shameful to accept money from the government because it was seen that that money came from your neighbors, right? It was taxation. It was seen that the money either came from money printing, which is just a hidden form of taxation, devaluing the dollar, or it came from literal wealth redistribution by taxing your neighbors and then the money being given to you. How insane is that? It used to be seen as shameful. 
I remember if you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Cinderella Man, right? Cinderella Man, uh, Russell Crowe, he was a, a boxer. And I think he was a boxer around the time of the Great Depression. And, you know, he was trying to make it. I don't, I, I saw bits and pieces of it. I never, I don't think I even actually finished the movie. But there was a very particular scene. The guy, the boxer, and I forget the name, Russell Crowe, the guy that played the, the actor, or the guy that played the character, he always was a hard worker. He refused to take government money. He would never do it. He just absolutely refused. He worked hard, did everything he could possibly do, absolutely anything he could do to avoid that situation. But in the movie, he finally got to a point where he said, where he gave up. He bent the knee and he went into the unemployment line. And there was a lady who was there that he talked to. You know, he's got, he's just, he's got this, this, this shameful look on his face. So sad, so depressed. And the lady said, wow. I never, I and mean, they actually knew each other, right? It's like, I never thought I'd see you here. Just increasing the shame that this boxer with a massive amount of talent already had. You see, back then, it was seen as shameful. It was not seen as something that you just did on a whim. It was seen as just a, a very, very negative thing. Because it was understood where the people understood where the money was coming from. And they were not morally degenerate to the point where they didn't care about that. No, they knew it was theft. Taxation is theft. Whether that's inflation, whether that's like legitimate taxation, it's theft. And they knew that. If anything else, what it meant is you can't provide for yourself. So you got to go be dependent on the rest of the country. A burden on everyone else. Because you can't provide for yourself. It was a shameful thing. I wish people viewed it the same way. Right? I, I wish we did. Unfortunately, we abuse money. We don't understand it in our in Western civilization today. And, you know, it goes, you know, morality about money. It's being created out of thin air all the time. So what difference does it make? That's what a lot of people think. And really, a lot of people just don't understand the danger of what's really going on. But anyways, with that said, because of automation, once automation hits this point where there's a lot of unemployment, universal basic income is coming down in line. Dare I say that the government is going to engage in – they're engaging in inflation to cause prices and wages to rise, the cost of living to rise. All for the purpose of doing universal basic income 20 years down the road. Now, I have no idea. It could be sooner than that. I have no idea. But dare I say that this is all being done on purpose. See, they're playing the long game. They know what's coming. They know what they want. They want to get you 100% dependent on them so that you have to vote for whatever they put in front of you. You no longer – I mean I, I would say that the vote voting process is, is nothing more than a sham anyways. You know how I feel about democracy and voting. Democracy and voting in general gives the illusion of power when you really don't have any power at all, right? At least democracy and voting as it stands today. You don't affect the regulations. You don't affect the lobbying that goes on in, in this country. 
You don't affect what's being taught at schools and universities, which are all receiving federal funding, right? You don't affect that. Even private universities receive money that is given to them, that is backed by the government. I don't think it necessarily comes from the government, the student loans, but it's backed by, it's guaranteed by the government. And it's seen as endless. Because it's guaranteed, it creates a constant flow of money that that seemingly never ends, thereby increasing the costs of universities and, and a whole host of horrible, horrible consequences as a result of it. But look, I don't know about you, but I'm not surprised. You don't have any power. Democracy and voting is just a false illusion, but in reality, it doesn't do you any good. But that, But they want you to think that it does. And they want you to continue to vote for more dependency, for more voluntary slavery. That's what they want you to do. And they want you to be happy about it. What's more? But universal basic income is only going to further entrench the system that we already have of a two-tiered society. Those that are rich and wealthy, those that are powerful, influential, and those that are not. Now, right now, it's, it's, it's still easy today, or I say easy, but it's, it's never been easier to ascend that ladder. But as this continues, more rungs of that ladder are going to be taken out making it harder and harder for you to move into the upper echelons of society, right? The ruling class, the 1% or heck, 10%. It's going to be harder, but not impossible. But before you start to think how terrible all this is, keep in mind that it is the natural state of the world, that it's always been this way. We've talked about this on the show multiple times, and you know there will always be a ruling class. Those that they and those that they rule over. It's a fundamental law of humanity. It can't be changed. So what what can you do about all this? Well, you don't have to relegate yourself to being poor, being a, a you know a slave to someone else. You don't have to. You have a choice. And that, and you can make the choice today. And that choice is to take control of the source of your income and become wealthy and powerful so that you are not reliant on all of this that's coming down the line. You don't have to be reliant on it, ladies and gentlemen. You, you don't. I know that that seems odd to say. You just have to make a choice. Now, I'm making it sound a lot easier than what we, what we both know it really is. But a choice, it, 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 uh, the choice that you, is where it all starts. It all starts up here in your head, in your brain housing group. That's where it all starts. And it's hard. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm on my journey right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really heavily backtesting Forex. I want to get to a point where I'm, I have a live trading room where I teach other people how to trade. I might even do it before I'm consistently profitable. The main reason is that... It's accountability to those who want to be traders. I'm further along in my education and the process than the vast majority of people that are out there. So if they're just starting out, it would be nice for people to get the knowledge that I have and therefore it accelerates their education faster. Even though I'm not a consistently profitable trader, I have made money in the markets, but you know, I'm not a consistently profitable trader and I'm still testing my strategies. I'm further along than a lot of other people. 
It gives them the ability to see what I'm doing. It gives them the ability to see how I analyze the markets with live data. It gives them the ability to see how I've created a strategy, how I've tested that strategy. I, I, that's what I'm moving to. I, I want to move towards that direction. And then eventually at some point, I want to teach a course on trading. So I'm working really, really hard to backtest and to just working really hard on all of that. If you're actually interested in that, go check out my, I don't have the live trading room up right now. And not to mention another reason why I'm thinking about doing a live trading room is I got a lot of siblings. I'm one of six kids. So as I've got a lot of siblings, uh, particularly my brothers, they, they want a live trading room. They want me to show them what I do. They, they, they want to ask me questions about stocks and stuff that they, that they're interested in and whatnot, you know, get my, get my recommendation on it. Of course, I don't give advice on whether you should buy or sell stuff, but you know, I can tell them what I see, what I'm seeing going on in the charts and I can tell them what I think about it. And then they can use that to determine whether or not they, they buy or, or, or don't. And eventually I'd like to open that, that, that trading room up to other people, but I haven't even, I'm not there yet. Right. But, but that's what I'm working on. If you're interested in seeing me trading, uh, if you're in, I mean, if you're interested in seeing, you know, my trading stuff, you know, content that I've been creating, go check out my YouTube channel. It's just Matthew Spaziti. I'll put the link in the description below. It's you literally go to YouTube, type in the search bar, Matthew Spaziti, you'll find my channel. All right. And I haven't posted anything there for a while. I'm going to, I largely that's that, gap there is because my, my daughter was born and I didn't know how to do all the stuff that I was doing and I, and some stuff had to give, but I now am, I'm finding a way to be able to produce the videos quicker and easier. So as a result of that, I'm going to get back into it here pretty soon. But right now we're also in the midst of moving. I'd like to, you know, create videos before that. But anyways, look, making this decision, right? Getting back to what we were talking about, making the decision and not relegating ourselves to mediocrity and uh, voluntary slavery effectively. It, it's an easy decision to make. It's a whole other story to actually do. And you're not going to hear that from a lot of people. A lot of people will try to sell you, they're going to sell you a beautiful lifestyle, a lifestyle that everybody wants to live. But they're not really going to be 100% honest with how to, to get that lifestyle. I am. I'm going to be honest with you as much as I possibly can. Transparency is the number one thing that I want because I hate it. I hate it in the trading world. Oh my gosh, it's awful. There are more people out there teaching you, uh, you know, showing you a lifestyle and not really show, teaching you a skill, the skill that's going to take you there. Right. And, you know, I, I know just before. For those of you guys who are wondering, we're not actually going to have time to get into the whole thing about the stock market, you know, and whatnot, and uh, we could do that another time. But it all, all it does is, it is true that it all starts with the choice. You first need to make the choice. So it starts in your head, right? It's like weight loss. It does, it starts in your head and it starts with a choice that you want to lose weight, right? It's the same thing. I don't want to be part of the group of people that are ruled. I want to be part of the ruling class, or at least I want to be able to take myself out of the equation and not have to live in that country anymore. Maybe I can go somewhere else where it's better, but I gave myself the ability to choose. If I have to stay, I don't want to be part of the, you know, the poor and, and the ruled. I want to be part of the ruling class. 
doesn't mean I agree with what they want to do. doesn't mean I'm going to sell out for the, 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 the garbage that they engage in. Not all of them are horrible, but you know what I mean. It doesn't mean I do that. But I don't have to be dependent on government for a wage. You see, when automation comes out, automation is very good at a couple of things, right? Automation is very good at doing very repetitive tasks, tasks that don't take a lot in the way of thinking. But it's not good, at least not right now, it's not good at creativity. So if you get yourself into a career that requires more and more creativity, well, then there you go. You've created demand for yourself, even if you don't want to own your own business. Like for me, I am going to be a Forex trader. Then I'm going to teach people how to trade Forex. Te becoming a Forex trader is very much an entrepreneurial venture because you actually have to come up with a strategy, test that strategy. So there's creativity there with regards to what kind of strategies you come up with. And then you have to be able to look at the markets, which is not easy to automate. You can automate it. There's lots of people who have automated trading strategies. But here's the thing. You can just create an automated trading strategy for yourself. Find someone who knows how to code. Maybe you pay someone to create the strategy. Maybe you learn how to code so you can create it yourself, right? There's a lot of creativity there. And then on top of that, with regards to teaching, sure, you could create an automated system, I guess, that teaches people how to trade, but it's not going to be very good. What you need is you need someone who's very good at relaying the information. Someone who's very good at breaking down the concepts and the ideas in 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 a way that's easy to understand. That's what you really need. That's a creative thing. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. So there's a lot of stuff there. But, so, but what about you? What are you doing to prepare for the future that's coming? You know, you don't need to be depressed about it. You, you can make a choice. You don't have to dig yourself in the same. If you work in a factory, if you work in a warehouse, look, I get it. I used to work in a freaking hot warehouse in the freaking Texas, right? In Texas, in the freaking dead of summer when it's freaking hot outside. And no, the, the, the facility I was working in, the warehouse, was not insulated, did not have a lot in the way of fans. We had some floor fans here and there. Those happened to go missing a lot of times. It was miserable work. It really was. I get it. I was there in that situation. I hated it. I don't even think I stayed there for a whole year. I think it was uh, maybe... Uh, I don't even remember how long. I mean, it wasn't like it was a month. I think it was like maybe seven, eight months, maybe nine. I got out of there as quickly as I could. I, I absolutely hated it. So I understand. But I decided not to dig my head in the sand. I decided that I'm going to do something else. On my lunch breaks, I was reading books. I was increasing my education. And then when I would go home, I didn't do it all the time consistently, but I started trading. I started to create podcast episodes. I started to write blogs. Again, I wasn't as consistent about it as I wish I was. But ladies and gentlemen, I decided that that was not going to be my future. I didn't dig my head in the sands. I knew what was coming down the road and I made a choice. And then I backed that choice up with action. And we all can do the same thing. So, you know, instead of getting all upset and, and, and angry and bent out of shape because of 
politics and what Joe Biden or Obama or Trump or whoever, instead of getting all bent out of shape because of what these the, these buffoons are doing and probably Kamala Harris next, right? I, mean, I don't think anyone's under the assumption that Biden's going to be able to hold out his presidency for his entire term or at least sure a second off for the next one. I think the intention is that uh, Kamala Harris is going to come in and take it over. I, I would not at all be surprised. But you know what? I don't care. I really, really don't. The fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter what they're going to do. Because I'm a winner and winners win. It might sound arrogant to say that. But it's true. You know? <laughs> winners don't sit around whining and complaining about what's wrong with the world and how I can't get ahead and I don't know what to No. Winners come out and they find a way. And they say, I don't care about what they're going to do. I don't care about how they're going to screw me. I'll find a way to win no matter what. And right now, you have the option to do that. You know, not all the options are taken from you. Not all the options are taken from all of us. We have the options to do that. Okay, we got, op there are tons of opportunities. Taking control of the source of your income by doing a business, whatever it is, it's never been easier. It's never been easier. So ladies and gentlemen, if this is something you want, you want to become independent, live in the liberty lifestyle, you want to take control of the source of your income, okay, make the choice, back it up with action, get started. There's a lot of, you don't have to throw a lot of money at it like I did unwittingly. I threw three grand at a freaking website that I don't even use that much. If you, I use it, I, to be honest. I do use it. It's just not as much as, I, there's a lot of stuff I want to do on it, which is going to mean that I'm going to have to spend even more money on it. Um, yeah, let's just say that it was unnecessary. You don't need a website to get started. Although it is helpful, okay? If you have an, a good helpful, it can help convert leads. It, it's good It's good to have, but you don't have to have it. You know, you can, you'd probably, you need a site, you know, you can, you can literally operate off of, you know, Patreon, Subscribestar. There's lots of different alternatives that are out there. Uh, Liberpay, I think it's one that's a bit more libertarian oriented. You can operate off of them. They, they, they easily do you know, uh, pay, they handle payments and stuff. Stripe.com will handle payments. You don't even have to pay for them. They just take a percentage of the sale. I know that sucks, but for those of us who aren't really making a ton of money right now, you know, it's not, 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 not a bad thing to have to consider. So ladies, but ladies and gentlemen, I mean, look, I mean, you can host videos on a lot of the stuff. So I mean, you have some social media websites, you start creating content that people value. And then you teach them, you provide your course or maybe your service through these payment platforms, right? I would not recommend Patreon because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're progressive as I'll get out. And I, I don't care to give them my business. If I've got alternatives, I'm going to use them. I, I don't know all of the ones that are out there. I know there are Christian oriented ones. I, again, I'm pretty sure Liberpay is one of them. I know Subscribestar is... And I get, I don't know if Subscribestar is progressive or not. I'm not entirely sure, but it, they're an alternative. You know, you can at least look into them. Maybe they're not as bad as Patreon. Maybe they're not really progressive at all. I don't know. But there are options out there. 
A lot of times, I think they let you host their videos on their stuff. I mean, it's good stuff, right? It's good stuff. It works. Now, if you're like me, then I want to do it all on my own, right? I want to do my own my own membership website, all this kind of stuff. But it takes it takes a lot to do, right? And it's going to take money because I don't know how to build websites. I've tried my hands at it. I've tried, you know, taking courses on it. I don't have time. I just don't. I'm, I'm way too busy doing other stuff. But look, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting, we're getting off track here, but it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Learn from my mistake. Don't build a website right away. I mean, you can, you can do like a website builder. You can do like whatever your website is, .weebly.com or .wix.com. You can do something like that if you want. You know, that's free. You know, you can do a landing page. Uh, you can create like sales funnels and stuff. There are ways to do it on on the cheap. And that's what most people want. Most people don't want to spend an arm and a leg on this stuff, particularly if they're not even making any money. Uh, completely understandable. But there are ways of doing it, okay? Tons of ways of doing it. You know, maybe... Uh, I, gosh, I got so much on my other plate already. I would love to create a course... Someday, <laughs> I would love to create a course showing you guys how you could do it, showing you my experiences at getting started and probably what I would do if I was starting all over again, how I would have started it a little differently. But, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That's going to have to come down uh, later down the road. But look, it, it is possible. OK, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. You're just going to have to trust me when I say that it is. And if you do a lot of research on Google and a lot of research on or DuckDuckGo, which is my favorite uh, search engine, you know, if you do a lot of research there, you'll you'll find that, that you can you can you can do it. So anyways, but look, it starts with a choice and then and then action. You got to back that choice up with action. But there's always going to be a ruling class. And those that are ruled. Your choice as to which one you end up in. Right. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, that's going to be the end of the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was a pretty good one. You know, I think that uh, we, we need to be aware of the stuff that's coming down the lines. We need to be aware of the, the problems that are accelerating that process and that are causing issues in our world. So I, I hope that that was valuable to you guys. And hey, if it was, again, make sure to like, subscribe, make sure to share it. You know, like I said in the, in the beginning, make sure to share it with Three people. Two people you're not sure if they're going to like it. One person you you know is going to like it. Like, odds are you're not the only person in your life who's going to like this podcast. Odds are you got someone and you know people who are like-minded like you are. And uh, if you also really like it, consider leaving me a rating review on iTunes. And, uh, you know, actually, yeah. And if you guys want to, go check out my YouTube channel at Matthew Specific. If you want to learn about Forex trading, go check it out. It's totally for free. I'm going to be posting more videos there. Okay, in due time. So if you like, if you want to see my journey of a, be, to become a consistently profitable trader from going from zero to hero, you want to see that, you want to see the pitfalls, you want to see how things not to do, right? You, and you want to see some stuff that I, that I do that's successful. If you want to learn about Forex trading, I got a wealth of knowledge. I've been studying this stuff for a long time. I think like six years now, all right? I'm, I'm for, it's a long process. It doesn't have to take you that long to get there, by the way. I just procrastinated a lot of it, but I know a ton. I, I'm, it's one of the things I'm very skilled at. So ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see that, go check it out. It's all free stuff. Go check it out. Go subscribe. Go like the videos. Go, you know, go do all that stuff. 
And yeah, if you'll do all that for me, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you guys in the next episode. As always, know the risks, plan accordingly, have a great day.